from the Mercy One Studio. Welcome to Straight Talk, a lively discussion on tough issues impacting our lives. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Here's your host, Gene Wells, brought to you by Blackbird Investments. Welcome, everyone, to Straight Talk here at Iowa Catholic Radio. It is your weekly dose of news from the diocese and around the world, plus commentary on issues that give you angst, that cause you grief, that make you lose sleep at night. I think we have one of those topics today. Straight Talk, you've got questions We've got answers, and as always, our text line is open when our show is being broadcast live, as it is today. So feel free to text me at 515-223-1150. This is Jean Wells, and I am so blessed to be broadcasting here at the Mercy One Studio at Iowa Catholic Radio, and blessed that Blackbird Investments sponsors Straight Talk, doing what is challenging because it is right That's Blackbird Investments. When it comes to building real estate, they look for creative solutions by forming strategic alliances, creating energy-efficient buildings, and uh, engaging with local craftsmen. At its core, Blackbird believes in giving buildings a new life. For more information, blackbirdinvest.com. As a point of of, uh, interest, our offices here at Iowa Catholic Radio are closed because of the coronavirus. We will still be broadcasting our live shows. All of our guests will be on the phone um, in order to do as much as we can, as everyone is doing, uh, to limit exposure to folks. Um, So my guest, as my guests for the next few weeks, will be on the phone. Uh, Today's guest is Trent Horn. He's a Catholic speaker and author. You know him from Catholic Answers. He was here at the men's conference, uh, I think it was a year ago. And he has a new book out called Can a Catholic Be a Socialist? And uh, we're going to talk about all of that, uh, whether or not we can. But let's put some definitions in play. Uh, Oxford defines socialism as a political and economic theory of social organization, which advocates uh, that the means of production, distribution, and exchange should be owned or regulated by the community as a whole. And you think, oh, that sounds reasonable. That sounds logical. Hmm. Okay. Uh, uh, We're going to talk about that. Uh, Democratic socialism is a term used to refer to the socialist political philosophy, which advocates uh, political democracy alongside a socially owned economy with an emphasis on workers' self-management and democratic control of economic institutions within a market or some form of decentralized planned socialist economy. What a mouthful both of those definitions are. Yet, uh, we're going to break that down and make it be much more practical uh, and understandable when it comes to what our day-to-day lives might look like. If we believe that socialism will cure the inequalities in social classes and elevate the moral and economic well-being of all, well, history has taught us that socialism has not been successful in improving neither the economic situation of the individual nor the moral character of society. So we're going to, again, we're going to break that all open. Uh, Some events, yeah, they're canceled. (laughs) 
How's that for the short-term definition? Uh, But we can plan ahead, right? Uh, Who doesn't love the idea of playing golf, especially when we are looking at uh, four weeks of of social isolation? Uh, Iowa Catholic Radio's golf outing is June 12th, uh, the blank golf course. Uh, We all know and love down in County Line Road. Uh, You can register. Be proactive. Register at iowacatholicradio.com. You can also check out our website. We will be updating our website with links to uh, live streaming masses um, as we find them. And so those of you that enjoy daily mass, um, as well as, as, you know, your Sunday liturgy, check out iowacatholicradio.com website for information that will be helpful to you. Our intent also is to air the 7 p.m. Mass daily on Iowa Catholic Radio uh, so you can um, hear uh, the readings, hear the uh, reflections, the homilies, the prayers that we all know and love. Um, the coronavirus is really causing us to take a step back. It's been dominating the news in our own diocese, as you know, or you may have not have heard, but our schools will be closed until April 14th. Uh, our kids are being asked to stay home, uh, stay away from those public venues to keep them safe, uh, to keep our teachers safe, our staff stay safe. Um, this is a, a unique time for us. And as I was driving in this morning, I thought, you know what, you know, we can all say this is doom and gloom, but what can we do? What are the unique things that we can do? I, I loved it. I posted on Facebook this weekend. What are you doing in your domestic church in order to, um, keep that liturgy alive. The domestic church was the first church. As we know, um, we didn't have buildings 2,000 years ago. We had churches in homes. I loved it. One family posted that their two-year-old acted up like they always do in church and had to be taken to the back of the church, also known as the kitchen, you know, and it's like, yeah, that's the thing. You know, let, let's take on some new things. Let's embrace new prayer practices. Uh, we can still go into the majority of our churches. We can still uh, spend time in front of uh, the tabernacle, the blessed sacrament. If other people are there, keep your distance. You know, this isn't an organized opportunity. This is unorganized. And we have an opportunity for prayer that will keep us rooted in the love of God and in Jesus Christ and an opportunity for us to pray how we can make our faith come alive no matter what the circumstances. Please keep everyone in your prayers. Uh, another item that, you know, all, all the news is, is about the COVID-19 and the challenges. But let's look at those opportunities as well. I saw a great one from Father Ray Higgins. He had just been down visiting his mom uh, and making sure that she had the things that she needed. If you have an elderly person in your neighborhood, even if you don't know them, go knock on their door, leave them a note saying, you know, I live two doors down from you. Here's my phone number. If you need anything from the store, let me go get it for you. I'll deliver it to your front porch. And that way you can remain safe and know that there is a phone number of a neighbor here to help if you need it. I think that is a, a wonderful, proactive thing we can do during this time of life not as we know it.
Hey, when we come back, we're going to be visiting with Trent Horn, Catholic speaker and author. Uh, he authored, co-authored with Catherine Pakaluk, uh the book, Can a Catholic Be Socialist? It's time for Straight Talk right now on Iowa Catholic Radio. Hi, this is Father John Ricardo, and I want to thank Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory for underwriting Christ is the Answer. Losing a loved one, as we know, is never easy, and it can leave you feeling lost and even hopeless at times. But Caldwell Parish helps ease that burden by sincerely caring both about your loss and about your faith. Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory is Des Moines' only Catholic-owned and operated funeral home. The number is 515-276-0551 or online at caldwellparish.com. Impoverished children break everyone's heart, but poverty seems like such a big problem. What can one person do to make a difference? For 17 years, Blessman International's passion has been to connect the resources of our donors with sustainable programs that impact the lives of impoverished children in South Africa. Our donors are feeding thousands of hungry children every week, providing basic water and sanitation for impoverished communities, and sharing the love of God in practical ways every day. Go to www.blessmaninternational.org and make your donation today. Thank you, Big Red Q Quick Print, for underwriting the sports report. Family owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. Forms, manuals, brochures, letterhead, envelopes, business cards, custom invitations, design, and bindery. Big Red Q Quick Print, located across from Merle Hay Mall. Online at bigredq des moines.com. Big Red Q Quick Print. We make printing easy. What is the best gift ever? Well, some might say a Catholic education, and I agree. But if you think you can't afford Catholic education, think again. Apply for CTO, and you could receive up to half your tuition for kindergarten through 12th grade. More information is online, ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for Dowling Catholic Sports 365 is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic with two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling Catholic graduate, and Dr. Todd Pedig. The Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at Ashworth and 60th Street in West Des Moines, 515-440-4610, online at ashworthvision.com. Thank you, Dental Associates, for underwriting Dowling Catholic Sports 365. With over 40 years' experience, Dental Associates is a group dental practice with the mission of promoting optimum health and well-being to all patients, providing preventative, restorative, and cosmetic dentistry for the entire family. Message underwritten by Dr. Kenton Gleichman, Dr. Steve Carbaca, Dr. Christine Mulcahy, and Dr. Ben Nagel. Dental Associates, addressing your smile, needs, and dreams. Online at Des Moines-DentalAssociates.com. Welcome back to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Jean Wells, and I do encourage you to text me at 515-223-1150 if you have any questions about our show today or about anything in particular related to Iowa Catholic Radio. I check our um, our text line all the time to make sure that you're getting the responses that you need. Our text number is 515-223-1150. My guest today is Trent Horn. He doesn't know this, but I love him. 
I mean, I love listening to him on Catholic Answers. I love reading his books. And so you didn't know you had this big fan in central Iowa. Trent, welcome to Iowa Catholic Radio. Thank you for having me, and thank you for supporting the work that we do at Catholic Answers. You're welcome. You're welcome. Just don't tell your wife you have a groupie out here and or whatever that is. So. <laughs> I, I think she wouldn't mind at all. <laughs> so uh, let's give a little background first. I always like to have our guests understand, or my listeners understand, who my guest is and how you got to where you are today. Are you a cradle Catholic, a revert, a convert? How did you get to the point that you are an apologist for our faith. Sure. Well, I'm a convert. Uh, I grew up in a a non-religious household. Uh, I converted and became Catholic in high school. Uh, The the whole story is now finally available in one place on a CD set from Catholic Answers called Following the Evidence, and that's available at shop.catholic.com. That has the the whole story is now finally in in one place. But a a lot of the story, parts of it you can find in my book, Why We're Catholic, but through that process, uh, I became Catholic as you know, latter part of high school. Then after high school, I served in youth ministry and pro-life ministry. I enjoyed teaching people about the faith. And then in 2012, uh, I came on board with Catholic Answers as a staff apologist, and I've been there ever since. I've authored and co- or co-authored nine books and uh, done many radio shows, debates. I host a podcast called The Council of Trent. And my goal in all that is to help Catholics better explain and defend their faith to others. Yeah, if your parents had only known that you were going to do a podcast called The Council of Trent, <laughs> would they right. have known, named you Bob? I mean, right. yeah. Very providential. <laughs> well, we're talking about socialism today. And uh, yeah, I, I'm, I have spent a part of my professional career uh, working in a business association and understanding the impact that capitalism and the free market economy has on a society. And so then, you know, you have this um, surgeon, I don't want to say resurgence, but, you know, this surge of socialism and it's like, this is nuts. Look at history, folks. So, you know, let, let's go back a little bit. You know, we have had popes that, that have been very vocal in their criticism of socialism. Pope Leo XIII, thanks to you, I, I found that one out. But also John Paul II, uh, they come to mind. What was their opposition to socialism? Well, they opposed socialism for a variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. And here, and it's funny, whenever I have this conversation with people about socialism, you always have to define the terms, because some people think that socialism refers to anything government does for people, uh, which is Mm -hmm. not true. So people will say, oh, if you're against socialism, uh, that means you're against Social Security benefits, Mm -hmm. you're against food stamps, you're against government uh, having public hospitals or public schools. Uh, I don't want to build know, the so, roads. Yeah. Right. They, you, everything everything has to be privately owned. They think that there's uh, only these two options. Uh, uh, private. Everything is privatized or everything is owned uh, by government. And so, the, But that, that's just not the case. It's not what socialism is. Socialism is the view that economies should be centrally planned and that the means of production should be socially owned, either through all people as a whole, which is almost impossible to do in real life, mm-hmm. or what usually happens by the government on behalf of the people as a whole. So uh, there's not a lot of private industries that create goods and services. Government essentially creates goods and services, 
and redistributes wealth, products, and services to people, allocating it based on what it thinks they need. Uh, so that is what socialism is. And popes like Leo XIII, Pius XI, John Paul II, John XXIII, uh, it's an unbroken chain from the 1850s onward, have said socialism is wrong primarily because it violates the natural rights that we have, the right to private property, the right to be able to provide for ourselves, to uh, accumulate wealth so that for us to be able to use at our discretion. Now, we have a moral responsibility to use wealth to help others, Mm -hmm. uh, but we still have the right to acquire it, to provide for our own families, to pass it on. Uh, Other criticisms of socialism include that uh, it undermines the family, and the first socialists believed that the nuclear family, you know, mom, dad, and kiddos, uh, was a tool for concentrating wealth and creating uh, the rich. So they wanted to get rid of the family. They said, look, you only need the state, and people should have the same obligations to strangers as they do to their own families. So it undermines the family, it's a nice right to private property, it violates the principle of subsidiarity, the Catholic teaching that lower organizations should handle things first more than higher organizations should. It's why if you have a problem at your parish, you don't write the Pope, you talk to the the parish director, your priest first, all of these things will put together. And then finally, as time has progressed on, popes have been able to say, oh, and by the way, look at what has happened with the track record of socialism when it's implemented, and we see all the terrible things that arise Mm -hmm. from it. But, you know, Trent, I've had uh, someone that that I really respect say to me, uh, and this is a person, you know, that works within the church, say to me, well, I think Pope Francis is a socialist. What right. Do you what say I would about say that? here is, yeah. What I would say is, why do you think that? Mm-hmm. And one reason, where where has Pope Francis said socialism is good or socialism is a good thing? Uh, he hasn't. In fact, Pope Francis has specifically said that uh, Marxist ideology, Marxism, is wrong and that Marxism mm-hmm. is a failure. Most people, and this happens, is another fallacy in the debate over socialism. Uh, is that people will say uh, that it, if you criticize capitalism, that that is the same thing as endorsing socialism. And that's not the case. Pope Francis has been very critical of free markets, mm-hmm. of capitalism, mm-hmm. uh, he's, he, and he's had a lot of things to say. And guess what? That's not unusual uh, among uh, in the history of economic thought, even among people who, are strongly, who are, have been strongly critical of socialism. You take, for example, the, the economist and philosopher Friedrich Hayek. Hayek uh, had uh, a multitude of criticisms of capitalism, uh, and these echo criticisms from Adam Smith, who is the founding father of modern economics. Uh, and the criticisms include things like saying that businessmen conspire together to keep prices high, uh, and they can seek to exploit laborers. And Pope Francis has said that capitalist economies produce uh, a glut or greed sometimes, or a desire for materialism, for objects and goods to satisfy us instead of God. And he's absolutely right. He's right that there are these deficiencies and excesses in capitalism. And guess what? Other popes have said the same thing. Pope St. John Paul II Mm -hmm. said that capitalism is wrong uh, when it leaves strong juridical and legal frameworks and leads to exploitation. They said that capitalism can lead to abuse, but... Uh, they did not say that it's intrinsically evil. They did not say that it's wrong by the nature of what it is, as they did with socialism. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, I think it was William F. Buckley who once said 
that the problem with capitalism is capitalists, but the problem <laughs> with socialism is socialism. Socialist. Yes. And that's, that's the big difference mm-hmm. between the two. So, you know, it, we see this really bleak history in, uh, in history around socialist countries and, and their demise. Why then, if you have your crystal ball, why then is there such an interest in our own country to move towards this model? There's usually, what we talk about in the book, actually, uh, that's how we start Chapter 1, is we we say, why are people so interested in Mm -hmm. socialism right now? And that Uh, book is, Can a Catholic Be Socialist? So, just want to encourage folks. Can a Catholic Be a Socialist? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely go pick it up, online uh, book retailers. uh, Divine uh, Treasures? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, In the first chapter, we talk about when social. When you talked about how socialism, there's a resurgence. uh, That's actually a fine choice of words because there was a time in our history when socialism was actually very popular. uh, When a socialist uh, candidate uh, almost became governor of California, socialists are running for president and were very popular. And that was back in the 1930s. And why? Well, you could take one guess. It was during the Great Depression Mm -hmm. when people, during times of economic uncertainty. Some people believe that free markets, uh, capitalism, are not sufficient to provide people for their well-being. And so they think that, okay, well, if government just planned this, and we just took wealth, and we planned it, and we allocated it, and uh, we all worked together and redistributed wealth, and we notice that some people are getting very rich at this time. We notice that these, these times of economic instability, some people are still very rich, others are poor. If we could just move a little bit from the pile of the rich to the poor and just redistribute everything, things would be good. And so in the 1930s, uh, historians have called that the heyday of American communism. Uh, people tried to support that. But the problem is the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Uh, I've people heard that think before. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. People think, oh, well, it's short. Well, another part of the book, I bring up one of my favorite fables uh, in Aesop's Fables. It's called uh belling the cat it's about a bunch of mice who get together and they they don't want to be eaten by the cat anymore and they say what do we do and one of the mice says well let's just tie a bell around the cat's neck and we'll always know when the cat comes and they all applaud and they think he's a brilliant genius mouse what a brilliant plan and everyone's all happy and then an older mouse steps up and says that is a great plan but i have one question who will bell the cat and then everyone is quiet and what the moral of aesop's fable is impossible remedies are easy to propose. Uh, and so that's how it is with socialism. You propose uh, this ideal remedy of eradicating poverty by redistributing wealth and everyone working together altruistically, but it just never works in real life, and it leads to shortages. Well, just to, I don't mean to go on a rant here, but to go on a segue from what we're dealing with right now with coronavirus, with right. the shortages go in there. grocery stores. Yeah. yeah, so here's what's interesting about that. Why are there shortages right now. Well, there's shortages because there's an unusual increase in demand for products. And so currently, private firms and companies cannot meet demand, but they're working hard to increase their production capacities to meet it. Uh, But the thing is, there would not be shortages if if we all (laughs) thought altruistically, if we all thought, okay, I am going to think of everyone else's interests first, And so I'm not going to overbuy. I'm just going to buy just enough. And if we all did that, there wouldn't be shortages. 
But guess what? Human beings are terrible at thinking altruistically. <laughs> we, we, we have original sin. We're fallen creatures. Mm-hmm. We, we don't think that way. And so it doesn't work. So we all act with our self-interest. And so that's what's causing shortages right now. But the shortages will be temporary because we have companies that can meet the demand and, uh, and provide for it. Uh, if you live in socialist countries like Venezuela, this is what it's like all the time. Because this idea that a system can run purely based on people's altruistic thinking, it never works. When government tries to plan an economy, it leads to these kind of shortages all the time. It's the norm. Mm -hmm. And so socialism doesn't work because people don't operate in perfect altruism all the time. Capitalism, for all of its deficiencies, works because it provides a way for people's self-interest to indirectly benefit other people. But let's look at that. The flip side, though, I mean, it's we live in a privileged society. You know, people may say, oh, the United States, you have all these problems, but we are so privileged. And do you think some believe that a move to socialism will be the solution to that greed and globalism and money-grubbing capitalists? Well, here's what's funny about this this point. Sometimes people think that capitalism uh, is the source of our greed and our problems, but it's reverse. It's greed uh, that can allow people to exploit others and create deficiencies through capitalism. Capitalism didn't create greed. Greed has been around uh, ever since Cain and Abel. I mean, Cain was greedy for the favor that God gave Abel, and he was envious of it, and he mm-hmm. killed Cain. Or he killed Abel because it's been around forever. Uh, I mean, throughout human history, capitalism was invented. It's a tool that we've discovered, refined, and invented. And its discovery, we date it in the book to about the 14th century in Italy with the rise of mercantile capitalism and double-entry bookkeeping. Uh, so we, we would say modern capitalism arose around the 14th century in Italy. Mm-hmm. But long before that, people were greedy, and uh, history, has, as Steven Pinker has shown, he's a, a cognitive scientist, he has shown that, that we live in the most peaceful time in human history, uh, that throughout human history, it was normal. War, pillaging, that was just something you expected on a routine basis. Uh, that that would, would occur, and that people would steal and fight one another for resources. So people were have been greedy for mm-hmm. forever, and they would steal and declare war on one another for resources. And what Pinker says is, look, when it becomes easier to earn mon- earn things and buy things, when it comes easier to buy something instead of stealing it, people buy it, and capitalism mm-hmm. has allowed that. And so when you look at the course of human history. Uh, another point we raise in the book is that prior to the year 1820, 99% of people, 94% of people, but 94% of people lived in extreme poverty, less than $2 a day of income. Uh, and for most of human history, it was probably 99%. Uh, but then things changed. And in 200 years, uh, the human condition has radically improved so that less than 10% of the world's population lives in extreme poverty. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely amazing and could not have been accomplished without uh, deploying the tools of capitalism to have free markets for people to be able to acquire wealth, save it, invest it, and freely exchange with one another. Now, is capitalism perfect? No, it's not. It's it's a tool. It's a a tool like a butcher's knife. You can use a butcher's knife for, for cutting meat or for stabbing people in the back. 
but just, but if you stab people in the back, that doesn't mean a butcher's knife is bad in and of itself. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a tool that should be used responsibly. That's why the last chapter in our book, we talk about moral capitalism. Now, the book is not a defense of capitalism. That'd be an entire other project. <laughs> Yeah. But some people have this fallacy. They think, okay, if I just refute capitalism, that proves socialism. No, it doesn't, actually. There could be another economic system we could have in its place. Our goal is to show socialism is wrong uh, theologically, philosophically, and that has been proven historically and economically. We're going to take a break here. It's almost the bottom of the hour. And when we come back, we're going to see, well, does the church specifically teach anything on socialism? Is it in the catechism? What should we know as Catholics. My guest today is Trent Horn, Catholic speaker and author, has a book out called Can a Catholic Be a Socialist? You can get that online. Check out Divine Treasures. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Trent Horn. This is Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Doing what is challenging because it's right. That's Blackbird Investments. In 2013, Blackbird Investments was born from the inspiration of St. Kevin. When it comes to building real estate, they look for creative solutions by forming strategic alliances, creating energy-efficient buildings, and engaging with local craftsmen. At its core, Blackbird Investments believes in giving buildings a new life. BlackbirdInvest.com Blackbird Investments, doing what is challenging because it's right. Thank you to Mercy One for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. From the cardiovascular experts at the Iowa Heart Center to the pediatric services of Mercy Children's Hospital and Clinics, Mercy provides complete care for Central Iowa's adults and children with more than 50 primary care and specialty clinics in the Des Moines area. Find a convenient Mercy One location near you online at mercydesmoines.org. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio's broadcast of Dowling Catholic Sports and Activities is provided by Kemen, a global ingredient manufacturer using science to transform the quality of life for 80% of the world. Kemen is on the leading edge of molecular science, manufacturing more than 500 specialty ingredients for the human and animal health and nutrition, pet food, aquaculture, nutraceutical, food technologies, crop technologies, and textile industries. Kemen strives to sustainably transform the quality of life every day for 80% of the world with their products and services. Kemen, using science to transform the world. Online at Kemen.com. Since 1924, St. Vincent de Paul has been helping those less fortunate work towards self-sufficiency. Last year, St. Vincent de Paul helped over 20,000 individuals with food, clothing, and shelter, while also offering classes in financial literacy, high school completion, career readiness, and prisoner re-entry. SVDPDSM.org, 515-282-8327. Shop, donate, volunteer, serve. This message was brought to you by Homemakers Furniture. Father Kirby, pastor of St. Elizabeth Parish in Carlisle, will lead a 10-day pilgrimage to the Holy Land, August 3rd to the 12th. Walk where Jesus walked in Nazareth, Mount Tabor, the Jordan River, the Dead Sea, Jericho, Bethany, Bethlehem, and the Old City of Jerusalem. Learn more at crownofbethlehem.com, crownofbethlehem.com. 
Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Corel Contractor, serving Des Moines site work constructed needs for over 60 years, and the Iowa ENT Center, expert ear, nose, and throat care for adults and children. The Iowa Catholic Radio Best Shot Golf Outing presented by Permar Security is Friday, June 12th at A.H. Blank Golf Course, 8 a.m. Shotgun Start. No matter your expertise, be part of the Iowa Catholic Radio Golf Outing presented by Permar Security. Foursomes and individuals are welcome. Join us Friday, June 12th at A.H. Blank Golf Course for the Iowa Catholic Radio Best Shot Golf Outing presented by Permar Security. Registration and information at iowacatholicradio.com. The Iowa Catholic Radio Best Shot Golf Outing presented by Permar Security. iowacatholicradio.com. Here's your forecast on Iowa Catholic Radio. Clouds will be moving in today ahead of our next low-pressure system, our temperature around 50. Rain likely after midnight tonight will drop to the low 40s, and then we've got a rainy day coming up tomorrow, mid-50s. Weather is brought to you by Rock Valley Physical Therapy, outstanding outpatient physical therapy and sports medicine rehabilitation with seven convenient locations in the Des Moines metro and southwest Iowa area. I'm meteorologist Steve Hamilton on Iowa Catholic Radio. Welcome back to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Gene Wells, and we are covering a topic I think should be of interest, obviously. <laughs> I only bring topics of interest uh, to you. Um, socialism is such a big conversation that's happening in our political arena. And, you know, whether these candidates that profess socialism or democratic socialism you know, can we support them? And can we be a socialist? Can a Catholic be a socialist? My guest today is Trent Horn, Catholic speaker and author. You know him from Catholic Answers Live. He's been here to the Iowa Catholic Men's Conference. Um, Trent, I am so grateful that you were able to join us today. Uh, particularly, I think it's it's very important given the coronavirus. And as you were talking earlier, that, you know, when an economy looks like it's... Um, uh, being really challenged, the economic conditions being challenged, socialism seems to raise its head saying, ooh, I can solve all these problems. Right. And and people may think that even now, and, and may think it especially if the economy heads into a recession as a result of the coronavirus. And that has been, well, that's been a, a long-time complaint of capitalism by socialists. Socialists say capitalism is unstable, uh, it has this cycle of booms and busts, and that's not good for human beings. If we just had socialism, uh, it would be stable. Uh, and I'll give them their, their due. Socialism is stable. Uh, it, it's consistently subpar when it comes to delivering human conditions. So if you want consistency, you could go with socialism, where you consistently lack access to basic goods and services. Uh, you lack the ability to be able to acquire uh, wealth to use at your discretion to uh, build up yourself and your family and to be able to help other people. Uh, it, it's consistently flawed. And mm-hmm. that's what's funny is a lot of people will, will say, uh, wh- wh- as this debate uh, goes on, in fact, as I'm talking with you, I'll probably need to write an article for Catholic Answers Magazine online, uh, the top 10 socialist fallacies, because I always hear when I talk about, I wrote my book, Can a Catholic Be a Socialist? is like the, the top five things that are, that are always said um, in response, and one of them, like before, you know, it's like, oh, well, can you be a capitalist? Uh, and, you know, that's, that's like probably number one uh, in, re- in response to that. But another one is that, ah, but it's not true socialism that you're, you're critiquing. You're talking about the Soviet Union, Maoist China, North Korea, Venezuela. That's uh, not that's what not we would have. 
It's not what we would be doing. That's mm-hmm. and, and well, socialism and capitalism, it's, it's so funny. And like I said, our book is not a comprehensive defense of capitalism, though I don't think uh, it, it requires that comprehensive of a defense. That it, I think the evidence speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. It's how capitalism has benefited the human condition, frankly. But we do mention it in the book. Primarily, we're talking about socialism. Uh, but what's funny between the two ideas is you can put it this way. Uh, socialism is allowed to always... Uh, socialism is uh, permitted, it's endorsed no matter how many times it fails, and capitalism is always vetoed no matter how many times it succeeds. So that's what's interesting when you compare the two ideas, that capitalism always gets a bad rap no matter how many times it succeeds. Like, for example, uh, East, East Asia and Sub-Saharan Africa used to have the same extreme poverty levels, something as high as like 60% mm. of people lived on less than $2 a day. Today, in East Asia, uh, that number has dropped to 4% because of the rise of tiger economies like Taiwan, China entering the market economy and leaving behind full-fledged communism, things like that. Mm-hmm. You go to Sub-Saharan Africa, it's still at about 40%. Yeah. Uh, and that's because many of the, the countries there, uh, like Ken, you know, Kenneth Conda, uh, one of the African leaders there, promoted socialism, other things like that. And it's, and it's become, if, if you can't have stability in your business, you don't want to invest in it because the government could come along one day and just take it away and take your profits, and, and you have nothing because you don't have a right uh, to your own private property. So when people say, ah, but that's not true socialism, I say, okay, look, what's true socialism? In 150 years, where has it been applied? If you can't give me even one example of where socialism has worked at all, your idea is nothing more than a pipe dream. Mm-hmm. So inevitably what people will say is, well, what about Norway, Denmark, Sweden, Finland. Let's do do it like them. Sure. Let's be like them. And my response is, sure, you can totally be like these Nordic countries and adopt what economists call the Nordic model. But guess what? It's not socialism. (laughs) Because when you, the the Heritage Foundation has, has an economic freedom index that ranks countries based on their economic freedom. So the most capitalist countries on earth are like Hong Kong and Singapore. The most socialist countries on Earth are what you would expect, Venezuela and North Korea. Uh, There are some European countries that have pretty heavy state regulation but still aren't socialists that are right in the middle, like France. Uh, But the Nordic countries actually rank between 15 and 25 on the index. They are comparatively, they're very economically free. In 2015, the prime minister of Denmark said, look, a lot of people in the United States have been talking as if we we're socialists. We're not. Denmark is a market economy. Mm-hmm. We have a generous welfare state based on a market economy. So these Nordic countries, they used capitalism very well. They were able to take a lot of abundant natural resources to grow their economic GDP over decades and then reinvest that into generous social uh, benefit programs. And so th- there are trade-offs. There's pluses and minuses to any kind of economic system. Uh, so with the Nordic model, for example, uh, you still get long wait times to access health care. Uh, you get restrictions on immigration because you have to keep the country at a certain homogenous and lower population level in order to be able to distribute this kind of uh, wealth in that way. Also, people in these countries tend to have lower incomes uh, than in other countries, like in the United States or, or in Japan, for example. So uh, you can support these models. Catholics can reasonably disagree about them. They're not socialism. They're applied capitalism. Uh, so 
so, but, but when we also, another point to bring up about them is, the, is what I call the scaling problem. People say, well, why can't we just be like uh, Sweden? You know, let's nationalize the banks. What's funny is back during the economic, uh, the Great Recession, people asked uh, President Obama, they said, why don't you just nationalize the banks like Sweden did? And Obama said, well, Sweden has like five banks. We've got thousands of banks. We, we, the capital markets are so different, it wouldn't even work. So when you look at standard of living, yes, the Nordic countries have very high standards of living. But, but, but countries like Monaco and Luxembourg have even higher standards of living than the Nordic countries. But they only have like 80,000 or 500,000 people living in those countries. Mm-hmm. The Nordic countries, uh, some of them are, are the size of, of New York City when it comes to population. Uh, that, you know, they're, they're, they're just a few million people. When you look at countries that have over 100 million people, over 100 million citizens of population, uh, when you look at them, the United States is, is right there at the top of the list for providing people with a high quality of life. Because when you compare them, then you have countries, you know, have, you have India, China, Russia. Uh, suddenly, a lot of these approaches, they can't really scale at these, these kind of higher levels in a, in a heterogeneous, uh, very vast uh, geographic and, and population-wise type country. My, my guest today is Trent Horn. He is an author, um, lots of books. But the one we're talking about today is Can a Catholic Be a Socialist? And so let's go specifically to that. What sure. does the church teach on socialism? I mean, is it in the catechism? Can we go to something definitive and say this is what the church teaching is? Yeah, so the catechism says the church has always rejected the authoritarian and atheistic ideologies behind socialism and communism. And so it says it rejects those ideologies, but that's what the Catechism says. And then it also says that it rejects excesses, deficiencies, and exploitation that is related to capitalism. Mm-hmm. So the Catechism touches on the subject, but, but very briefly. Uh, the primary resources we have for determining the morality of socialism comes from an unbroken chain of teachings found in the papal magisterium, specifically in papal encyclicals from Pope Leo XIII onward. Uh, well, I'm sorry, even Pope Pius IX uh, uh, talks about this. Uh, but if you, especially from Leo XIII onward, it's, it, it's just abundantly clear. Pope Leo XIII says that uh, socialism's main tenet... The, now, here's the, the interesting thing. Some people will take the catechism and try to distort it and say, well, the Church is only against socialism if it's authoritarian or atheistic. You could have a Christian benevolent socialism. No, because when you look at the papal documents... They give you the reasons why it's wrong. So Pope Leo XIII says socialism reaps a harvest of misery. Its main tenet, the community of goods or communal ownership of property, uh, must be abandoned, uh, cannot be supported. Pope Pius XI said that communism, which is the end stage of socialism, is intrinsically evil. He said that no true, no good Catholic can be a true socialist in quadragesimo anno. Uh, you go forward, you go to Pope John Twenty-Third and moderate magistra. Um, I'll read this in full because it, it, it talks about the continuity here. It says, mm-hmm. Pope Pius XI further emphasized the fundamental opposition between communism and Christianity and made it clear that no Catholic could subscribe even to moderate socialism. The reason is that socialism is founded on a doctrine of human society which is bounded by time and takes no account of any objective other than that of material well-being. Uh, so it's, it play, it's a, he said goes on to say it places too rev- severe a restraint on human liberty, at the same time flouting the true notion of social authority. 
Uh, and that's what happens with socialism. People think, oh, well, it, it will prov- make economic prosperity for everyone. Well, in order to do that, in order for an economy to plan everything and redistribute wealth and command the production of goods and services, government has to radically control our lives in order to do that. So one element of this, some people say, well, can't we have socialism without authoritarianism? No, you can't, because if (laughs) you want government to plan everything, it has to become authoritarian. Look at Cuba, for example. So Cuba tries to have a centrally planned economy. In order to do that, it outlaws all private exchange. So there's a gigantic black market in Cuba. And if you break it, it's very severe. There are people in Cuba who have gotten who have gone to jail longer. You can go to jail in Cuba for selling illegal meat and eggs. You can go to Cuba in jail longer than for killing a human being. Uh, yes. There are people who, who will go to jail for 15 or 20 years for uh, selling eggs on the black market or selling meat on the black market, which you're supposed to not do, but everybody does it through a kind of underground uh, sharing network because government cannot meet the demand mm-hmm. that people require. Oh, one other funny thing about Cuba. People will often Is there say, something oh, funny Cuba? about Cuba? Right. Well, what's funny about it is socialists will say, but look at what Cuba has done with their health industry. Michael Moore does this all the time. He says, you know, they have the, one of the best health care systems in the world. I would rather go there than the United States for for my health care. And, you know, you look at the life expectancy and infant mortality rates that are sent from Cuba to the United Nations, you think, oh, maybe they really do have a good, good health care system. It's a giant sham. Mm. When Michael Moore and others go to Cuba, they get sent to show hospitals, uh, you know, the, 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 the fancy hospitals for foreigners to come and see, not the regular uh, dregs uh, that mm-hmm. people have to go to and where health care has to be rationed. Also, as, as it happens in most communist countries, we have no reason to trust the internal statistics the Cuban government releases. Uh, my, my book cites research that shows that Cuban authorities, one thing they do to try to, for example, make the infant mortality rate appear to be low is they reclassify uh, infant deaths and, you know, deaths of newborns as spontaneous abortions, as, as stillbirths, basically. Uh, so they, they make the infant mortality rate high by just hiding it and saying that these children actually died in utero. They, they didn't mm. die from poor health care after being born. And so when these statistics are, are doctored, and the, Cuban, and, and the, uh, the research says that Cuban doctors pressure women to have abortions if uh, their child isn't going to be healthy in order to ease the strain on the, on the system. So when that all gets put together, you see that socialism is an affront yeah. to human dignity, to human rights, and that's why the church has always opposed it. We need to take our final break of the hour, and when we come back, we're going we're gonna to look at a fascinating little quote from somebody named Adolf Hitler, Hitler and whether or not we want to uh, follow his thought process on how our country should be operated. My guest is Trent Horn. We're talking about can a Catholic be a socialist? This is Gene Wells. You're listening to Straight Talk. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. 
Iowa Catholic Radio Best Shot Golf Outing presented by Permar Security is Friday, June 12th at A.H. Blank Golf Course, 8 a.m. Shotgun Start. No matter your expertise, be part of the Iowa Catholic Radio Golf Outing presented by Permar Security. Foursomes and individuals are welcome. Join us Friday, June 12th at A.H. Blank Golf Course for the Iowa Catholic Radio Best Shot Golf Outing presented by Permar Security. Registration and information at iowacatholicradio.com. The Iowa Catholic Radio Best Shot Golf Outing presented by Permar Security. iowacatholicradio.com. Programming support for Catholic Women Now is provided by Iowa's injury attorney, Fred Haas. For over 30 years, Fred Haas has helped injured Iowans recover financial, physical, and emotional losses from car, truck, and motorcycle accidents, work-related injuries, and injuries due to negligence. Most importantly, providing the professional, personal, and responsive legal counsel that everyone deserves. Fred, double D, Haas, double A, the Des Moines Law Offices of Fred Haas. While we have time, let us do good. Thank you to Mercy One for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. From the cardiovascular experts at the Iowa Heart Center to the pediatric services of Mercy Children's Hospital and Clinics, Mercy provides complete care for Central Iowa's adults and children with more than 50 primary care and specialty clinics in the Des Moines area. Find a convenient Mercy One location near you online at mercydesmoines.org. Thank you to Confluence Brewing Company for underwriting Crisis the Answer with Father Ricardo, heard Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Confluence Brewing Company is a local brewery in Des Moines featuring seasonal and limited-release beers. They have cans and growlers to go, apparel, and other gifts for family and friends. Live music is featured in the tap room. Confluence Brewing Company is located off the bike trail south of Grays Lake. Thank you to Confluence Brewing Company for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio on the web at confluencebrewing.com. That's confluencebrewing.com. Thank you, Big Red Q Quick Print, for underwriting the sports report. Family owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. Forms, manuals, brochures, letterhead, envelopes, business cards, custom invitations, design, and bindery. Big Red Q Quick Print, located across from Merle Hay Mall. Online at bigredq moines.com. Big Red Q Quick Print, we make printing easy. Welcome back to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. Uh, Trent, we're going to wrap up our interview just a minute or two earlier as there's some more news that have come out about the coronavirus. But but, um, we will, let's, let's wrap up our conversation. So this quote from Hitler, I think it should scare everybody. Um, so again, think of those that are socialists or that are promoting socialism in our country. He said, we are socialists. We are enemies of today's capitalist economic system for the exploitation of the economically weak with its unfair salaries, with its unseen evaluation of a human being according to wealth, unseemly, excuse me, with its unseemly evaluation of a human being according to wealth and property instead of responsibility and performance. And we are all determined to destroy this system uh, under its conditions. So when we argue that this democratic socialism is different from the socialism in Hitler, I mean, how do we differentiate that? I mean, are we really, are those folks really promoting the same thing that Hitler promoted? I wouldn't use the phrase a certain group of people are promoting the same thing Hitler did, because that could be 
misinterpreted in, right. a, those in, that in are, a wide those variety of, in a wide variety of ways. Yeah. Uh, what I would say is, is this: I'm not familiar with that particular quote from Adolf Hitler, though. In our book, we do, we do talk about uh, the Nazis because, uh, of course, the Nazi Party, Nazis stood for the National Socialist Workers Party. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, some people will say, well, obviously they weren't socialists because they fought communists, they fought the Soviet Union during uh, World War II, they were enemies of communism. That's true. Uh, the Germans were, uh, German socialism was opposed, not Nazi socialism was opposed to what is called international socialism. So Marxist socialism, like Marx and Engels, they were arguing for uh, not having any kind of states at all, no governments at all. They wanted no governments, no social classes, just uh, one workers' paradise internationally, essentially that workers have no state. There is no, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but the, but other people are who argued for fascism said no. We need to have a strong state government with strong borders in order to implement these things. So they diverged from international socialists to form a kind of national socialism uh, that was based on the idea of the, a strong nation state providing for the good of its own citizens. And so that gave rise to the National Socialist Workers' Party that we now call the Nazi Party. Mm. And so uh, that, of course, would be different than what is called democratic socialism, which came about in the 1950s in the United States for Michael Harrington, who wanted a kind of socialism that was not identifiable with uh, the Soviet Union socialism based on Lenin, that, but still seeking an end to capitalism, but through very decentralized processes. But all of, but all of these methods have in common, though, is a rejection of the right to own private property, to use it at our discretion, and an undermining of the role of the family and society in order to provide for mm-hmm. its own well-being. And because of that, they can't be supported, and they just they simply don't work in real life. And we've seen that abundantly throughout history. So let's get to the, the crux of our topic today. Can a Catholic be a socialist? No. Uh, and... and What's great is when people ask me that question is I have very short and clear answers from previous popes who have said that. The most, the clearest one is Pope Pius XI, who said no Catholic can be, uh, no good Catholic can be a true socialist. So notice the, the points there. That you will find Catholics who endorse socialism. Uh, you find Catholics who endorse liberation theology that the Church has condemned since the 1980s. So no good Catholic can be a true socialist. Uh, mm-hmm. They might be a socialist in name, but it turns out they just support entitlement programs, which is fine. You can have government give people food stamps and give people welfare when they're down on their luck, but you can't have government take mm-hmm. over the grocery industry, the food production industry, and communal farming, uh, because that always leads to ruin. It led to the greatest famine the world ever saw in Maoist China, uh, a terrible famine in the Ukraine in the 1930s. Uh, so, yeah, so the answer to the question, Pope Pius XI already said it. No Catholic, no good Catholic can yep. be a true socialist. Trent Horn, thank you so much for joining me today. Folks, he has this great book out, Can a Catholic Be a Socialist? Uh, you can check it out online. Uh, check with Divine Treasures. Um, they can order it for you um, if they run out of copies. Uh, we... We have to be informed. We have to be an informed, informed electorate as we go forward, uh, as um, to understand what our candidates are are professing, what they believe in, and what we believe is best for our government. Trent Horn, thank you so much. Thank you uh, for having me.
Uh, thanks also to my producer, Jimmy Olson. And uh, some news that came through during the show. Uh, Governor Reynolds has um, announced that all bars and theaters will be closed until April 13th. And also that restaurants uh, can only be open for carryout and drive up only. So bars and theaters closed until April 13th. Restaurants uh, can have carry out and drive up only. And the president was uh, just at a news conference and he is making the suggestion. It's not a requirement making a suggestion that as Americans, we have a 14 day quarantine uh, to stop the spread of the coronavirus. Uh, These are difficult times, different times than we've ever had. Uh, Pick up your rosary, say prayers, uh, pray pray for the safety of our country, our fellow citizens, our neighbors, and our families. Uh, Today I'm asking St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, in these times of tribulation, we ask you to destroy heresies, um, the spirit of rebellion that rises against God's law. St. Joseph, we beg you to intercede before the throne of your divine Son for the conversion of sinners and for the freedom and exaltation of our Holy Mother, the Church. St. Joseph, pray for us. Iowa Catholic Radio and Straight Talk is on the air because of your prayers and generosity. I thank you so much. Please consider a tax-deductible gift online at iowacatholicradio.com. Straight Talk is every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. here on Iowa Catholic Radio. You can always listen on our app or go to the podcast at iowacatholicradio.com. Stay tuned for Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo. God bless. Straight Talk, every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio with Gene Wells. Brought to you by Blackbird Investments.